guys, welcome back. This is your host, McKenna Miller, and this is Today on the Gram. Today my guest is someone that y'all should be pretty familiar with if you do attend Skillman. Um, I have Shalene Valentine here with us, which is, she is absolutely my favorite co-children's minister that I've ever had. So I'm not going to hurt Jake or John Mark's feelings by saying co-minister, but co-children's minister I've ever had. So Shalene, introduce yourself, tell us a little about yourself and how's your day going and all that stuff. Um, hi, my name, like we just said, is Shalene Valentine and um, I am... Um, I'm okay today. I'm a little tired. We have preschool here, which most of us know. Um, if you do attend Skillman, it's after the end of a day. And um, yeah, you know, I'm a mom and I'm a teacher and I'm a minister and I, um, and I, that's me. That's yeah. a lot of hats. It is many hats. Um, I try to wear one hat and just turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> periodically throughout the day because I could not keep track of all of those hats. How many kids do you have? Uh, personally, I have three. Personally? I call them my personal children, and then there's kids that I, I work with. You know, I consider those my kids too. But my personal children, I have three. Um, one is 18, the other one is 11, and one is 7. Wow, big age gaps. And yes. so you said you have personal children, and then you have other children. So... Tell us a little bit about your other children and what ages are they, the age range and all that stuff. Okay, well, as far as um, our ministry is concerned, I have uh, little ones that are all the way from baby baby um, up into about um, 10, 11, you know, that, that fifth grade, fifth grade to sixth grade bridge. And that's about, oh, it's about 40 kids. Um, and uh, I do kind of consider them mine because I know them usually from the time that they are born, um, even knowing them in utero um, a lot of times. And then uh, at school, I, um, as a music teacher, I'm the music teacher at our preschool, and then also I'm in a classroom this year because um, COVID just kind of, you know, um, made us roll the dice out and see what happens. So um, I have... Um, in total for music, that's 250 or 60 kids, and I do get to know them um, because, again, I know them from toddler age up until about six years old, and I try to spend just this 30 seconds of individual time with them every week for all of those years. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up. Yeah. It adds up over time, and I, I get to know their families. And then this year, I have the pleasure of having my own little crew on Tuesday and Thursday. And it's um, it's six little six little kiddos, and they're four years old. And, um, you know, they're fun. <laughs> they are. They're fun, and they're goofy, and we have great conversations. And um, you're kind of like a, 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 a mother hen. Yeah during the day and they're like my little chickens. Yeah, I just love how much you love, um, you call them the littles, <laughs> the little people. <laughs> um, I love that you love working with kids and you're so good at it. You're a great children's minister and um, she's a great friend of mine and someone that I look up to a lot. It's really funny <laughs> um, because I think one of the things that we talk about sometimes is the fact that I do feel like we are very good friends but I'm technically closer in age <laughs> to Leslie <laughs> than I am to you, which is just so funny, but just the way that life works sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. I love Leslie. She's great. She's, you know, my little pal, but she's 
you know, she's Jacob's age. <laughs> she's she's a great friend for Jacob. <laughs> and they are they are pretty funny together. Um, but yes, I agree. And I, I think a lot of that, um, I forget my age a lot. And I think that's because I'm around a lot of yeah. people that are a fraction of my age. Yeah. And I'm typically shocked whenever I look in the mirror because I don't understand what my mother's doing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you look great. And it's also funny too, because <laughs> this is so like, maybe this is not appropriate for me to talk about. So I'm sorry if I'm like just throwing this uh. out there, but it was funny earlier, we were talking, me, Jake, and John Mark, and we were talking about age, and I truly couldn't remember how old John Mark was. He was talking about, like, older ministers, and how they all have, like, the giant gut, and all this stuff, and he's like, I just hope I'm not, like, to that age. I was like, obviously, you're not John Mark, um, but he was just talking about that, and then I was like, how old are you? You know, like, are you, like, 40? And he was like, no, no, no I'm 39, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so, like, 40. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I just mean like, I mean, you're, I mean, you turned 40 in January. That is two months away. Like you're practically 40, but he's, he's holding on to that 30, 30s age mm -hmm. very tightly. Um, and it's just funny. Cause I was like, no, I truly forget that you're like basically 40 because you act like you're younger than me. So I really do forget that half the time because I swear you could be one of the, the kids in my youth group half the time. <laughs> No, it's great. I I love our dynamic here in the office. And so y'all are starting to hear a little bit of that. We have good we have good fun. We do. <laughs> okay, so let's transition into the Enneagram mm -hmm. a little bit. Tell me what do you identify as on the Enneagram? I am a five with a four wing. Okay, and what is the five? Okay, so the five, if we are going according to, um, and I'm sure you probably mentioned this on your mm -hmm. other ones as well, um, the Suzanne Stabile book, um, and, and in most books it's called The Investigator. And um, when I first read that, I thought, oh, no, that's not, that's not me. In fact, I tried um, over... Over time, as the, the, the idea of the Enneagram would pop up into some circle or, or some, some bit of research that I was doing, I would take another quiz, and I always came back to that five. It always came back to the five, and I thought, that's so weird. Like, I just don't see myself as that, but um, uh, as you know, like, this is something that I've been personally studying very in-depth for about the last year and a half through a ministry group that we're a part of. And um, I learned that, oh, I absolutely am 100% a five. And now that it has kind of helped me sort of pull some um, more understanding about how I work and the reasoning behind it, I can not imagine being anything else. Like I completely see that in myself. But at first it, it didn't resonate with me. I, it just didn't seem, I, the four did because that's that very creative side. Mm -hmm. Um, that really did resonate with me, but, um, that's just like, a it's, it really is an aspect of me that I, I guess I really don't even think about. It's not really my motivator. It's not really what, um, that's sort of my outlet. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a coping mechanism, the creative side. Yeah. And you talked about, you know, the creative side. So tell us what was your, cause I know this, but tell everybody listening, what was your original 
degree and career choice before you got into ministry? Okay, so my first, um, well, one day I'll have to do a podcast or I'll have to do something where I actually tell my story because I've always done bits and pieces and it doesn't always make a lot of sense um, because it's kind of all over the place. But um, so I went to school as an older adult. Well, I'm okay. As an older child, young adult, let's say that (laughs) I was, um, I was 23 whenever I went to college. And, um, at that point in my life, I had already been, um, down a couple of roller coasters. And so I had really just, I was kind of grasping for, um, something that would, um, just, uh, it's just something to kind of hold on to. And that creative artistic side of me was such a, it was really my only place of comfort at the time. And so, um, that's what I grabbed hold of. And so my original, um, my, my original educational background is in video and audio, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is in video production and audio engineering, because ultimately when it comes to my creative side, I'm a musician. And um, that has been music and uh, my musical ability and my voice um, is, I feel like the one thing that God just gave me. Mm -hmm. It's the one, everything else, I feel like I've muddled my way through and I've learned how. But that is something that um, I was born with and um, it's, it's always been, I just have never had to, it's not a struggle. And I don't mean to say that in any type of, um, you know, to feed the ego in any way. It really is something that just comes, it's very natural. Yeah. And um, I have, what time that I've spent in training with that throughout my life and um, has been more of a honing um, in on on uh, polishing that, that aspect of me. It's never really been much of a struggle. And so... Um, you know, I find ways to incorporate it into what I do, um, all the time. So that, so that is my, that was, that seemed like a really practical, um, way to embrace that side of me was to go into something that also gave, um, opportunity for a, a real job. Mm -hmm. You know, I needed to be able to, um, have a career. And so, that that lent itself to that um and and it it has popped up in many ways over time um probably more with covid than yeah you know just because of the nature of how we are having to operate yeah we Um, all became tech people yeah yeah and so i there wasn't a struggle because i had that background and so that worked out um, well for me that doesn't mean i have a tv studio or an animation studio um or you know um hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of awesome equipment like yeah. I have a computer and a phone just like everybody else <laughs> yeah. you know and like a, a mic off of Amazon yeah but... <laughs> this, this portable mic that I got on Amazon to record this podcast on my phone yeah yeah <laughs> so I mean I'm working with the same stuff but um I didn't see it as a struggle so that was good that's a stressor that I don't have during all of this and that was a long way to answer your question I'm sorry no it's okay I love that <laughs> I love that you explained that because I don't think I really think that most people at our church don't know no. your history in media and how creative you really are um, and how well-versed you are in all of that because um, I definitely don't think you're the first person ever asked when it comes to like tech questions, but I know that I want to ask you things because I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, oh, Shaleen's going to know. Chris is going to know. They're going to know what to do because 
they have a degree right. in this. Right. And I think that most people have figured out that Chris has that background because he took, um, it was very difficult um, as young parents have two people um, in the house doing freelance work. Mm. And so, um, because it is a very male-dominated industry, um, it was just frankly easier yeah. for him to grow quickly in that business. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was the that was the decision that we made mm -hmm. in our family. And so he um, spent you know twenty years building up that uh, reputation in town. And so I think that most people do realize that um, more about Chris than they do with me. And again, and and I I don't I don't um, take offense to it too often um, because I do know that it is a male-dominated mm -hmm. industry, and that you're not going to. I'm not your first assumption. Yeah. Now I will say that most people after I have helped them get something done or done something for them will be repeat customers. Yeah, yeah. which like because is, is I, good, I, I do have it... to say, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, I am pretty good at what I do. Yeah, you are. No. Towards is like being very, uh, like leaning on authority. And it's not that they can't be independent people, but they just, they look, for the advice of others and I just I feel like you are a very independent person like I think that you um do companionship very well and I think you do relationship very well but I also don't think it's something that you need like you are very self-sufficient everything I really that you don't do. need it exactly I really don't and I feel a little guilty like as a mother and as a wife that has been a struggle mm -hmm. because I thought maybe that was wrong for me to mm. feel that type of, um, and not to say that I don't need my family. Yeah. Yes, I, of course I do. Yes. But, um, but, but it's just, it's, it, there's, I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. Mm -hmm. I just know that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm okay on my own. Yeah. And at one point I realized that, um, it actually for me, uh, personally, it resonates very well that, you know, I'm, I'm with people because I choose to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm there because I want to be, yeah. I'm there because I choose to be. And this is what I want. Yeah. Which might even be more important. You know what I and mean? And so, right. So for me, that was a healthy way for me to process. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, if you really know me, you know that I don't have a traditional, I have a very non-traditional family. Like we just don't, we just don't operate and care about a lot of things that other people care about. Tell, tell me, or tell the podcast, what are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? <laughs> what are y'all eating? Well, <laughs> we don't like turkey. Which, right there, should let you know. <laughs> Leslie likes what she calls turkey and swift, which is a turkey Swiss sandwich that a teacher made for her once for Aww, a Thanksgiving cute. thing. And so I make her a turkey sandwich. But other than that, we don't like it. I, I'm not a big meat eater. I think it's too birdie. <laughs> um, it smells like feathers. I don't like it, but, um, nobody, all my, all my children would eat would be rolls. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so no, we usually don't. Um, a lot of times we make, um, what I call the fiesta style meal where it's where I make all the things that would go along with like a taco bar. Sometimes we'll make pizza. Um, I pre COVID 
what I really liked to do was um, go to the movies. Mm. That was sort of my Thanksgiving um, thing. That's not going to work out this year. Um, my son and I have a game. We play Hunt to Killer. It's really good. <laughs> and so um, you're not going to watch any sports ball. Um, no. <laughs> No, That's what I'm Shalene not. calls football, or or any sports. She calls them sports ball. I'm not going to be watching sports ball, <laughs> <laughs> and it just consumes all of the channels. It just it's, makes it's me so mad. very true. It just takes over. <laughs> um, so no, I won't be watching that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we will probably play games. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my little one has really gotten into Trivial Pursuit, which is hilarious <gasps> because she that. doesn't know any of the answers, <laughs> and I always win. But still, they think it's fun. Yeah. And um, and Susie and I, oh boy, my family's gonna get mad at me if they listen to this. They they'll probably get mad at me. So Susie and I have uh, facial signs. For me to help her with her answers because she never knows them and it frustrates her. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, but yeah, we're probably going to play board games and we'll probably have some type of movie marathon. We'll pick Star Wars or Marvel, um, you know, something like that. And um, we'll just hang out. I love that. You're, you know, your family was a little different, but all of our families are a little different. But I love that y'all are... Um, what, what did you describe it as? Non-traditional, I guess? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the simplest term. Honestly. My little like, Adams family. Is there even like a traditional family now? Like, if we're being honest. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I think there are people that really would like for us to think so. I, There's entire Instagram let's get accounts out of, for let's, that. Yeah, let's, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. Let's get out of that that's way. What, of that's what that's for. But uh, during my, um, during my 20s and 30s, like I said, the times where I, you know, I had panic attacks and, um, I mean, even last week. I had a fever and I had crazy fever insomnia, Mm. which made my brain just race like crazy. And I just cried and cried and cried. Mm. And I'm not even, can't even really remember what all I was crying about. (laughs) Um, But I'm not, I'm not like that. I don't usually sit around and cry. Like I figure out the problem and I take care of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, those were unhealthy places. Mm -hmm. Um, Financial insecurity Mm. makes me go off the rails. Mm off the deep end and um and that has been a real challenge through my adult life um you know i didn't have the family legacies and the family support that a lot of people have when they're getting started as a young adult and with their own families um and it's amazing how much of an impact that that makes on your life whenever you're starting out i had no idea till i lived through it um and so uh you know, so that need, I, I think that that need for independence, whenever I feel like I don't have that, mm-hmm. when I feel that dependence, I panic. And part of this journey has been to figure out why is that? Mm-hmm. Why does that vulnerability knock me back like that? Where does that come from? And um, I'm still in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have an answer. But yeah. I but I think that that's the direction that I have to go with it and um, so yes so as an adult definitely um, lack of control Mm. a feeling like I'm out of control feeling like I don't have um, uh, you know like like I said financial security um, feeling out of control about like a child's health um, things like that those are the places where I my first instinct is to go 
here to a very unhealthy place. You're a problem solver. And so when you're unable to do that, it's, right. it's and a so problem. I, so I, I just fall. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't, you know, what people see, especially a lot um, in this environment, because I work a lot, mm-hmm. and what people see is the problem-solving part. Mm-hmm. They didn't see the part where I closed the door yeah. and had a meltdown for like an hour. They don't see the retreat. Right, and then, um, you know, uh, kind of had to just get it together, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where I do think, I think, and I see this, and I think you probably do too from a pastoral perspective, but... Um, I really feel like one of the ways to figure out where your where your true gifts lie, where your where your spiritual gifts lie and how they work in the world. I think this I think the Enneagram is a really good vehicle yeah. for that. And um and uh I think that learning that about myself has helped me to like I said not get stuck in those places because um it's funny how the main motivation um, isn't just being uncomfortable with being out of control. Is that I cannot, I don't like the idea of being dependent um, upon anything or anyone. However, I do have people that are dependent on me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, that's, that's, that snaps me out of it. I mean, really, that snaps me out of it. I've, I've got children to take care of. I have a school um, that is uh, expecting me to be there. Mm-hmm. I have responsibilities. And it's not because I will, I'm worried I will be in trouble or that I would break rules. Or it's nothing like that. It's um, that I don't want anybody to feel like their needs aren't being met. I don't want them to feel that helplessness. If I've said I was going to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So on the flip of that, though, you talked about some of the dark times, some of the unhealthy times. But can you recall a scenario in your life where being healthy as a five has been, you know, a benefit to you? Absolutely. I think that um, I think that being a five absolutely has been a benefit for me to, um, you know, like I said, there's this bridge of interest and I have to figure out a way to make that work. And I also, my brain is always going and I don't like, you know, I can't let it go off the rails all the time. And so to keep my own interest going, I'm constantly learning something new. I think that being a five really fuels that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, my, I think that my family, um, I mean, we won't get way off into my family. That could be its own special series. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I think all families could be a series. That's why reality television is a hit, you know. But um, my family, um, most people know this to some degree that they've had lots of, um, like, you know, food sensitivities. And we have a special needs kid. And, you know, like there's all these things that I had to learn how to manage, and so I think that um, the fact that I love research, I love learning about things, I, I love to read and read and read and read and research and research and learn about all these bits and pieces of how things work. 
And so um, I think that as a as a mom and um, and and as a wife to be able to um, dig into finding solutions for them. You know, I think that being a five has definitely been a benefit there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do think that, um, you know, going to school, going, because I did go back to school eventually um, whenever I had children and a full-time job. <laughs> and wow. um, so being able to go back to college and almost have to completely start over because for anybody who is listening, in the state of Texas, I learned this through my experiences, a private art school's core complete is not the same <laughs> as a state of Texas core complete. And color theory is not a lab science. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but it is an art school. Anyway, so there was a lot of starting over. So there was a lot of time. There was just a lot of time of reading and papers and all of these things. And I've got I've got kids to, to, to manage and a house to manage and a job to manage. And so... Um, you know, the reality is, is that I enjoyed, I enjoyed the process of school. I enjoyed the institution and academics. And, and so, um, I think if I didn't enjoy it, I don't think I could have dealt with it. I think it would have been way too much, way too much. And then, um, you know, little kids, uh, I, I mean, I, I work with little kids in a lot of different aspects of them and I do, I have a lot of certifications and a lot of all these little extra um, continuing uh, credit hours that I do all the time um, for a lot of different reasons. And I enjoy that. I really, really do. Um, You know, sometimes I'm tired and sometimes it's hard to manage the timing of it all. Uh, But I find it very interesting. My favorite topics of all time to always talk about is the neurology of the human brain from the time that you are in utero until you're eight years old. That is fascinating. The other one is the science of God. That is so cool. That, and, I will, that, I'll give you that. That was pretty and, cool. Um, I absolutely loved our physics documentary, um, really fun Zoom class that we had. That was the best. Mm-hmm. And um, because I got to talk shop with, with other people. Um, and music. I mean, those are my favorite things. Yeah. You know, those are my favorite things. And whenever you can put them all together to teach a spiritually funded, um, music worthy, worship heavy class for young children, that's bank. Like that's <laughs> the best, you know? And so putting all of that together, that's awesome. And I think that for this experience, um, presently, uh, with COVID is, um, you know, I can put some things together. I mean, I can, I can, I can, I, and, and I do, I, every week there are resources for people. There's resources on, um, that get emailed out and there's resources that, um, get emailed a few different ways that people can take it home. And I've sent kits home and I drop off stuff, you know, here and there, trying to figure out, you know, what's the best vehicle to get things to people. And there's always a uh, video heavy content. It's not the same. It's just not the same. And so, um, it's not the same as being able to stand there, um, in a room with, you know, 40 other kiddos and, and do it together and see the light bulb come on. And, um, you know, and so this is temporary. It's not forever, you know, it'll be okay, but I do miss it. 
I do miss it. And I feel like I don't have the same, um, it's just not as much fun to put together. Yeah. You know, I do truly enjoy, I truly enjoy putting those things together mm-hmm. and figuring out all the subtleties with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I love, I love to edit. I mean, I edited two videos and did an upload today for two weeks from now because Thanksgiving's coming. And so I wanted to get ahead and I was, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But it's not the same mm-hmm. as figuring out how we're gonna we're gonna paint what we hear, and we're gonna paint a storm, and God makes storms, and why does it rain in the water cycle, and let's paint it and listen to it all at the same time. It's great. Oh, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> has there ever been a time in your life when your number has been challenging for you? Sure. I think that social situations okay. are absolutely the most challenging. And um, if it was not for the incredibly firm uh, faith and commitment that my husband had to worship with a body of believers, um, I would probably never do this. Mm. That was one of the... Um, That was something that I picked up on before we were even dating. Um, We went to college together. We met each other there. And he would, you know, we would have studio time that we would book uh, to be able to use the equipment on campus. And he always had to leave on Wednesday because he had to catch a train because he was teaching a youth group class. And he was helping them do like a choir piece. And I picked up on that. And now, mind you, this is not a Christian school. It is an art school. There's all kinds of things going down. And so my, you know, I, I, I paid attention, you know, oh, I, I got to go. I got to help, you know, my youth group. I'll, you know, I can't stay. And um, that same thinking, you know, that same, uh, that same attitude towards his faith and towards the people that, you know, he was, he was, uh, um, you know, with his church family at the time is, was definitely present whenever we started, you know, dating and got engaged and all of that. And that was just something that was, he was like, we need to figure out where we're going to church. Like Mm. he just said it like this is, and at that time, um, and I've said this before in other, other podcasts, I did not grow up in the church. I grew up in a church rich environment and community because I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) Uh huh. Um, and so it was around and I went with other people and I had my own spiritual walk that was separate from a church family mm-hmm. that was just me and God hanging, you know, even when I was little. And so, um, and I had, I struggled, I struggled with it so much because like, I'll never forget the first time that we came here before we were even done with worship, Chris had found us a life group. <laughs> for later on that night and I panicked. I thought, what? I don't want to go to somebody's house. I don't know these people. Like, you want what I don't know. What do I do? What do I wear? What do I what do I talk about? Mm-hmm. If they ask me questions, what do I say? Like, I mean, it sent off alarm bells all through every part of my psyche. And um and so yes, it is a struggle. It's a struggle now because I can be way too comfortable with all of this virtual everything 
it's 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 a place that yeah I have to I have to remind myself of the benefits of being in person because I and so that part of it is a challenge is definitely a challenge because the people business is a social thing and um, and I have to um, I have to check myself often sometimes daily in order to um, be able to uh, be genuine and authentic. How does your number help or provide challenges in your profession as a minister? Well, it certainly helps, like I said, with little ones, when we're talking about specifically with children, um, they're oftentimes nonverbal about their needs mm -hmm. and so there's you have to spend a lot of time um, learning about how they work and a lot of that's through observation but a lot of that is through personal study and um, in, in coursework and and it's a like I said it's a continuing thing I take classes um, yearly so um, I think that definitely has helped um, again I think that the hindrance is um, I do think, again, I think it's the same thing. I think it's their social aspects. Those social aspects do catch me up. Mm. They catch me up and they cause me anxiety and I have to, um, it's something, my eye is twitching right now talking about it. I don't know if you can see it, <laughs> but it really, there's that sarcasm. <laughs> It's sarcastic and true. No, I love it. Yeah, but um, but no, it, it's true. Um, I really do. I struggle with um, with all of that, and I think that's one reason why maybe the video world was so enticing to me was because um, you know I was kind. Of, you can hide behind that camera mm. and be present, but not interacting. And um, wow, you know, it's a very safe. Yeah. place of involvement mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know I have learned to overcome I mean a lot of it brought me really horrible stage fright from a performance um, standpoint I didn't quit getting physically sick before performing in front of other people until I was about 35 it hasn't been that long well maybe even long it was probably yeah I mean yeah 35 ish yeah, so about 10 years ago. Um, so up until then, and I have been performing in front of people my whole life, but I always got sick mm -hmm. right before and had so much adrenaline. I could, I remember being scared of stages with stairs because I knew my adrenaline was going to be so high that I was going to be shaken going up the stairs, and I was worried that people would be able to see it mm -hmm. and that it would shake so much I couldn't hold the mic. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I think that that part of it, the independence is great. Um, but yes, it can also, it can also be harming and it can keep you from connecting with people. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit more about the spiritual aspect of the Enneagram. That's one of the things that you mentioned earlier, and it's definitely my favorite part about the Enneagram mm -hmm. because, you know, People look at it at first glance as just another another personality test, but that's mm -hmm. not what it is. It is a tool for self-discovery. It's a tool for ministry, and it's just a tool to connect with God and to connect with other believers mm -hmm. and figure out the why behind what you do. Not just like, this is what you do because of 
you know, the month you're born or because of the way the stars mm-hmm. align, but it's, this is you and the, the reasoning why. And so when we talk about sin mm-hmm. and there's these deadly sins that are assigned to each number, fives, uh, their sin is avarice. Fives hoard those things they believe will ensure they can live an independent, self-sustaining existence. This withholding ultimately leads to their holding back love and affection from others. So when you hear that, do you think that applies to your life? And if so, how? Um, I do. And I do think that that applies. And I don't think that it's something that I um, have to such a degree going on presently that I feel like I need to seek you know, counsel over it, Mm -hmm. but it certainly probably has in the past. And, um, I think that it goes back to that need for security, that need for independence. And like I was talking earlier about how I don't understand exactly where that it, cause you know, all, all, all sin is rooted in fear of Mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that fear comes from. Exactly. I haven't spent the time with it, probably because I'm afraid to do that, because it all, <laughs> it all, it all piles up. Um, the fear of fear. The fear of fear. You got it. Um, and so, uh, I have not spent time with this, but I do know. I've, I've, I I know enough to realize that there is something that I am afraid will happen if I am. Um, depending and trusting to trusting towards other people and situations. And like I said, financial, that puts you at a complete and total mercy to another person. I don't like that. I don't trust it. So the way to avoid it is to make sure that you yourself are so financially stable it's nothing that you have to worry about. So yes, do I see that being as a big trap for me? Absolutely. And um, it, and, and it, what it does is it makes you create this, um, you know, that's how we start uh, trading out our, our worship, you know, because now you're, you, you are putting all of your efforts towards this other thing that's not really going to serve you that you truly don't have any control over, but you convince yourself that you do. And, um, that has been a real challenge. It has been a real challenge. And in my, um, in my personal life, um, you know, Chris's faith is so like, he is such a, like, it's so solid that that is a clash because I'm so worried and he's so solid that it seems like we can't get on the same page a lot. And we we have figured out how to do that. I mean, I've been married for a long time. But um, my best example of that is like, so um, Chris has this garden and it's very non-scientific and I can't deal with it <laughs> because like I won't even, I don't even go out there because I can't, I, I can't understand what he's doing mm-hmm. because he literally is like, hold the seeds and God blesses the seeds and (laughs) here we go. We're going to pray for the seeds and beautiful things will grow. And I'm like studying the back of the package for four hours before I can even think about where I'm going to put this seed. And so, um, I'm sure there's some balance between the two of us, you know, that would be really good. 
But, um, but yeah, as far as like, you know, from uh, hoarding things and um, holding back, you know, personal emotion and um, yeah, like there is, there is a fear in there that um, something will happen that I would get uh, taken advantage of. Um, that I, I'm not, you know, like I, I'm sure this, the Enneagram is very Freudian in the whole idea of what happens in your childhood, you know, carrying you through, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there are specific incidents and I'm just now, um, to a place to where I can sit down and put like with like and connect the dots there. Um, but yes, absolutely. I can see that being a really, um, it's, it's a dangerous place. And I, again, just kind of like with this socializing aspect, I have to keep myself in check or I will work 24 hours a day and people that know me that are that listening to this have known me to do this where I worked for Google all night long and I came and worked at school all day and then the afternoon and evening at church and then I went home and I went back to work for Google because I had a remote um, uh, consulting job with them and I worked and I worked and I worked and at one point I even took on a little retail gig up at Joanne <laughs> <laughs> just to make a little bit more because I was convinced that I needed to pad up funds mm -hmm. and um, you know and what happened is my family suffered they suffered tremendously and I had to just let it all go for a season in order to knit them, you know, back together. And so, um, I did learn from that, that, that ser that, that didn't serve me at all. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm still not worried about the same things. Mm -hmm. I've just learned that method didn't work. Yeah. You know, so in your own spiritual development, or, you know, your soul care time. How do you think your number comes into play with that? And what activities, spiritual activities, do you tend to gravitate towards? Um, well, definitely, I, first and foremost, I'm a reader. I love to read. Um, that is probably where I gain the most of my understanding, um, is through reading. And I don't like to journal. I'm not a journaler. I'll do it if I have to. <laughs> I don't really like to. Um, but I do love to read, and I retain very, uh, I, I retain um, very well what I read. Um, and then also, um, I have learned um, to. Uh, you know, trying to figure where, where my challenge is, is applying all of that information. It has a tendency to get stuck mm. in my head. And I have learned that whenever I take all of that information and I actually apply it and I physically take it out there into the world, that is where I actually do the most spiritual growth. Um, and that's something that I can say in hindsight. I would not have realized that um, if it wasn't by accident. That was never the plan. I, I really, really figured, hey, I'll just learn about all of this. And I have all the information, so what else do I need to do? And um, I uh, 
will find myself into a place of where I have a lot of knowledge, but that's all I have. Mm -hmm. I didn't really learn anything from it. I just have information like a computer that can just recall things by the search function. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so taking it out and applying it, finding places for it to go in everyday life, that seems to be where the actual growth happens. Mm -hmm. Um, for me and I think probably most fives are they probably they operate I'm sure on whatever level that they're you know in their scenario but I I feel like they're probably the same way thank you Shalene is there anything else about fives or the Enneagram in general that you want to share about either you know stances stress numbers your triad anything else that you want to share advice Um, you have for people that know and love fives <laughs> if you know and love a five give them a card to half price books <laughs> for christmas put it in Settle their stocking give <laughs> Shalene a card no to i really wasn't it. thinking about me i was just thinking that's what i always when i find somebody who i think is a five i give them I give cards that. to half price books they're always happy incredible um but uh i think that if this is the Enneagram is something that is interesting to you. Number one, I just would like to make sure that I am very clear about that. Yes, there are a lot of different things out there mm-hmm. um, that are like this. Um, you know, I think that the reason, that I think that it's so interesting with the Enneagram that we really cannot trace it back to exactly where it comes from. Mm-hmm. We can find it. We can find it in all of these different ancient practices and all of this mystic material, but we can't really trace it down. And something, for whatever reason, that resonates deep within my being as the nuts of God thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I I think that it it is very psychological in on the surface because that's where you have to start. You have to start with your brain and how it works. But I think that if you are um, trying to understand yourself better, if you are, um, if you feel like you are searching for um, purpose, for a calling, if you're looking for direction um, in your spiritual life, which will translate into the rest of your life, as far as your career and other things like that, um, then I think this is an excellent way to go about it. And I think that there's some really good uh, resources on the internet. I think there's a lot of junk (laughs) on the internet. And so if that is something that you really want to personally dig into, then I would suggest contacting you you or me or somebody who's done this Mm -hmm. a little bit um, to get some guidance on where to start. Um, I know that there are, uh, you know, like you and I, we um, are involved with 1128, which is uh, specifically spiritual direction, and we utilize the Enneagram a lot. Um, I think that it, um, I think that it's, I think that, you know, I think it gets a little blown off about it, like being another personality thing, and that's really not it. I think it is a lot deeper than that, mm-hmm. and I think it is really, really um useful uh especially whenever we have so many directions of of information and pathways there's a lot of self-help out there i worked at barnes and noble 
when I was in college. And I remember when we unloaded the truck for the self-help section, because it was a new store. It was an entire, like, semi-truck of self-help books. <laughs> and there really weren't many repeat copies, because it was a new store. Wow. It was just what needed to be in stock. Mm -hmm. And that always really struck me, because mm -hmm. I was like, there's that much of a market. You know, people are searching, people are looking. And I know that we like to, um, you know, definitely in the, the Christian world, in the, in, in, in the world of church, in church work, we like to say, just get your Bible. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> and here's a book of scriptures, and they're inspirational, mm -hmm. they're Psalms. And that I'm not saying I'm not, I don't want to devalue any of that. That's absolutely true. 100%. It's absolutely true. But we are in 2020. And I could actually put in between those 20s a couple of bad words that would be inappropriate right now. But yeah. I think we're all feeling. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, we are highly um, intelligent and involved, you know, evolved uh, beings within the human experience. We have uh, so much information right here in this little phone. We have a, a wealth of information. There's the so much. Yes, there's so much information that it's overwhelming. And so, to try to utilize a beautiful, truly well-written and beautiful yet really old and out of touch with me and this phone piece of inspirational scripture doesn't always help me understand why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always help me understand why an incident when I was 14 translates to a calling when I'm 50. Yeah. There are, there's a path there. There's a bridge there. And I feel like there are ways to light that up, like, like the airport strip. You know, I think this is one of them. Mm -hmm. They're like those flight things that the guy has. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see On the people. runway. The runway guy, you know, with the flight things. Anyway. Well, thank you so much, Celine, for being on our podcast today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and transition now into the time where we listen to the song Five by The Sleeping at Last.
I just love listening to that every week. Um, it's one of my favorite things. Shalene, thank you again for being on this podcast this week. I loved hearing all of your input. Um, you are so well versed in the Enneagram and that definitely showed today. Well, thanks for having me. And I know I kind of, I can kind of go off into, <laughs> um, it's called tangent talk. That's, that's what my, um, my friends that I've, that have known me for 40 years, they call it my tangent talk, but it always comes back around. It does. You j- just give me a minute. It's, just give me a minute and it, I'll pull us back around. Just stay with me. It's like the, uh, oh my gosh, you know, like figure skaters when they do like the super spin. Yeah. It's like that. And then they like do this big old thing and then it ends and it's like, wow, okay, it did all fit together. But we were getting a little <laughs> dizzy for a second. Yeah. Just hold, that's what I'm saying. Hold on. Just hold on. <laughs> just hold on. Oh, just kidding. No, no, really. And I, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I try to condense it. It's a lot of information. No, I think that's great. You're right. You are a bookworm and mm. you have a lot of information in your brain. That is, I have worked to be a reader and I do enjoy it to some extent but I am nowhere near like you and Jake you guys are like a new book this is so exciting let me read it today and then I'll read four more next week and that's uh-huh. just that's not me yeah yeah that's it's true <laughs> it's true well guys you know in a few weeks we are gonna have the Q&A which would be like our last session because we're basically I guess this might be more than halfway done through this Enneagram podcast series now, which is crazy um, because it feels like I started it last week. But this Q&A that I'm going to do in a few weeks, send your questions into me either through text or email. Um, You can call me if you want, whatever. But send me these questions so I can start researching them and start getting all these questions that y'all have so that I can really make that podcast the best to its ability um, so that'll be in a few weeks, but go ahead and start sending me those. Again, we do have copies of the book still at the church. If that is something that you are looking to purchase, um, they're $10 and guys just join us next week. I'm going to have one of my friends from a ministry that is not a part of a church, but it's a very, very, it's not even nationwide. It's worldwide, a worldwide, um, mission and a worldwide ministry that deals with teenagers and preteens and I'm really excited for y'all to hear from him next week so join us next week on Today on the Grave I got this love